0: Hello, hello, and welcome to another riveting edition of Podcast Dark Elevation. As always, I am your host, Dirk Elevation, and we've made it to episode number twenty-one, Blackjack, the Joker position. If we were if we were in an AEW Battle Royal, if we put all of the previous episodes into A a battle royal, and had them come out based on the the suit that they drew, and uh, and then also there was a Joker, that twenty one spot, that would be this episode, which historically means that this episode has the best chance of winning. So maybe it'll be the best one we've done so far. The card thing I always thought was cool, but show us the cards. I want to see the cards get drawn. Don't just tell me. The, just the idea that somebody got a jack of clubs at some point. They drew that. Show me them drawing it. Or at least some people. Show me some people drawing their cards. But that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about Elevation and Dark this week. I know I said last week that I might have a guest on this week. Or I might have a surprise. It was going to be a guest. I didn't. It's been a tough week. I did not take the time to learn how to get a guest on the show. I will hope to get one in the future. And the reason I was going to get a guest is because this week's Elevation, number 74, is from Worcester, the DCU Center. And of course, of cor- you know how much I talk about Worcester. You know that I rep Worcester as the wrestling capital of New England and possibly the world. So, of course, I know people who went to this. I did not, but I, I wanted to get some insight from people who were there, but I didn't, so we're just going to go based on what my eyes saw. And my eyes saw Julia Hart defeat LMK in 2 minutes and 35 seconds. Mark Henry said, hey, I think LMK might stand for something. Tony Schiavone speculated that it would be her initials. Nope. Nope the real heads know that was little mean Kathleen and the folks in Worcester Worcester was just a fantastic crowd. They lived up to all of my hype. I gave to them. They were so behind LMK. They, they, they did a whole cheer for her and everything, which is crazy. There's no way everybody there has gone to a beyond show. Maybe a lot of them have, but it worked. And Julia Hart, really starting to develop into this character very well, as I've, as I've said before and I'll say again. It's fun. It's, it's very... Um, you know, there hasn't been a ton of crazy spots in their matches. It's been a lot of striking and a lot of you know, sort of choreographing around the ring. A lot of staying on, on, on your feet. But it is compelling and I like that they're not building Julia as some sort of undefeatable force. Like LMK is a smaller but but scrappy competitor and she got her shots in on Julia. So they they there was never any doubt about whether Julia was going to win, but still she didn't she did wasn't booked like oh, you know, who's going to take her down? You, you can't strike her, nothing happens. So again, we will continue to see what happens there, uh, wh- where they, where she goes, how it relates to the House of Black as a whole. Again, I, House of Black is feuding with Sting and Darby. They, those don't seem like guys who hang out with girls. So I don't know how they will get a uh, a female opponent for Julia Hart. Perhaps as Miro faces off against Alister Black, maybe Miro knows of a lady who could fight Julia Hart. I think I think we know who I'm talking about here. Um, I, I you know that wouldn't be. I would not. I don't look at the issues with the w- women's division at AEW and go, oh well. What they need is Lana, but it would be an option if we are looking for ways to integrate Julia Hart in with this larger story. Layla Gray defeats J.C. in two minutes and twenty-three seconds. J.C. again, you got to go something longer than that. That's that's there. There is already one of of him, and uh, and I I don't think you're as powerful as him. If I'm being perfectly honest Layla Gray this is the best we've ever seen her look this is her first win which is such a interesting thing to think about because she has fa- factored into a lot in recent weeks uh, one of the most uh, through storylines that we've seen which is funny because that storyline didn't get touched at all on this episode on on the most recent episodes of Dynamite or Rampage there was no Jade there was no, there was Stokely, but not related to Jade stuff. Uh, there was no Kira Hogan. There, there was not a lot. Uh, but Layla winning was the only thing that the Worcester crowd saw that might indicate in any way that that storyline is being moved on. And even then. Uh, you know, Mark Henry, he he pointed this out as well. Maybe he shouldn't be doing the type of criticism work that I'm doing here. But where was Stokely for Layla's match? Doesn't he stand behind her? Doesn't he support her as the third baddie? Where was Kira Hogan, maybe uh, reluctantly out there, uh, not very impressed? I think you could have done more to uh, integrate that into the larger storyline even though this is the most I've liked Layla Gray, this was the most I've believed that she is a formidable, uh, formidable wrestler and opponent of of the of the artsy girls. And you know, of course, she did win. So maybe again, I could just be very stupid. And if I see somebody pin someone else, even though I know in the cognitive part of my brain. That, that this is professional wrestling. Some lizard part of my brain is like, oh, she pinned somebody. She's, I, I believe her now. Then we had Angelico, Private Party, The Butcher, and The Blade, and everybody's favorite other AFO member, Jorah Joel ringside, defeat J. Cruz, Joey Ace, Victor Chase... Waves and curls. That's Jalen Brandon and Tra- Trayvon Jordan in two minutes and twelve seconds. I don't think I've mentioned this on the this podcast, but I, another wrestler I've seen a lot in the New England area that I have a lot of a lot of uh, uh, affection towards is Waves and curls. I think they're a very good tag team when. AEW was in Boston a few months ago, Waves and Curls faced the not-yet-face FTR, and it ruled. It was great. It was it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun for a dark match, and I know they've talked on Twitter about having a rematch now that FTR is is more willing to be the fan favorites, see what what Waves and Curls could do with a longer amount of time. Point being, waves and curls did not get to show very much because they were only two fifths of their own team in this ten-man tag team match. So we got some more Joey Ace and Victor Cruz. I you know I didn't. I think Trayvon Jordan is the big wave waves and curls guy, and I feel like we didn't even see him in the ring. The smaller waves and curls guy, which I believe is Jalen. Uh, oh man, if I'm wrong about this, all of my hyping them up. Looks well, I mean, I couldn't tell who was who in FTR for a very long time, so it's fine. It, I can still like a tag team and not know what the hell is going on and what I'm watching. Point being, I barely saw the big guy, even waves and curls. Uh, all of Butcher and the Blade, Private Party, on Helico, they all got their stuff in. I would say on Helico got the win. I wouldn't say that because it happened, that's just what happened. I'm telling you what happened on Helico got the tap out on a really fun maneuver that I hadn't seen him do before. Uh, And Butcher and the Blade, I think, probably got the biggest reaction from the crowd of any of them, because that's one of the fun things about Dark Elevation is that the crowd doesn't know who the hell's about to come out. So when you give them on Helico and then private party and they're like, all right, cool, and then you tell them they're also getting the Butcher and the Blade, the way that they reacted tells you something, and maybe that thing is that uh, the Butcher and the Blade spent more time at Beyond Wrestling than the other fo- uh, other three. But that is what it is. Commentary seemed to also forget that the AFO was a thing. Uh, Tony and Mark did not seem to recall that these guys were a team because they were all members of the same stable. It is what it is. It's fine. Tony and Mark, probably the most heartfelt combination we get on the dart. They really they really talk about liking to be around each other. Tony is talking about how everybody likes Mark. Mark is offering Tony a, sta- a place to stay at his apartment in New York when the show is in New York. So very earnest, but also they could not remember that all of these guys were in the AFO. But also, also, you cannot blame people for not remembering the rarely mentioned AFO. But maybe this means that we're going to see more of them together. Maybe we're going to see them all step up and say, Hey, Andrade, what the hell? Why are you only friends with Roosh now? Why are you about to be friends probably with Dragon Lee as well? And you're just going to leave your good friend's Jorah Joel and Isaiah Cassidy on the on the outs? I don't think so. The Factory... Aaron Solo, Anthony Agogo, Nick Camarado, and QT Marshall... Defeat Bobby Orlando, BRG, Bryce Donovan, and Tug Cooper. The Tug Cooper is a, a choice of a name. The Factory... You know... They, they're they doing their thing still. Uh, they did more after the match, actually. The big story is probably that Cole Carter... Cole Carter is now a member of the factory. Which, I guess, looking at this, that gets... Uh, that that has to do with the next match. So what else can I even say about this one? Anthony Agogo looks powerful. Nick Camarado had a different hairstyle. It was kind of slicked back. It kinda of looked like Nick Camarado had come from like a job interview. And just he he was he put his hair back to make himself look nice, had his old resume printed out. What are, what are, what do you uh, what are your skills? Well when Justin Rhodes smashed a wooden chair over my head, I did not shrug, and uh, I used to be in a straight jacket, and I have given that up in favor of a more disciplined style of being a member of the factory. I worked in a factory, I mean, I guess having worked in a factory, you can get a lot out of that if you just don't tell them what kind of factory it is. But, but it shows you got some blue-collar experience you got you got a, a blue-collar pedigree that's what I was looking for there uh, just I, I guess I got I couldn't think of the word pedigree which is so funny because we're talking about Triple H so much this week anyway Cole Carter beats Serpentico with Luther in four minutes and two seconds I I'll say this it shows the uh, the influence of WWE that they're like, Oh, hey, we're going to book this very boring white guy with sort of a very nondescript face or wrestling style into our, our the top of the card. And no matter what fans think, I'm going to keep doing it. And then AEW turned around and they... They're like, hey, we're going to do the same thing with Cole Carter. I I got nothing against him. I just don't see any reason why I'm getting him on TV. I don't know what he's bringing to the table that I even need. Athena defeats Christina Marie in 2 minutes and 48 seconds. Christina Marie, another one of these wrestlers... A lot of, especially uh, women wrestlers, go with the the two first names thing sometimes. And then you sound like you're just, that's just like somebody's Facebook name because they didn't want their real last name there. Uh, the Facebook name of somebody hiding from their employer. That's what Christina Marie sounds like to me. Uh, I may have made that joke already. And it could have been about Christina Marie herself on a previous chance. Uh, but I'll tell you what I haven't said nearly enough is that athena rules the crowd loves her she's at home in aew she's gonna absolutely be going places she did a cool move where she flipped up and and used her ankles to pull down christina marie by the neck i would like to see more christina marie and i don't even know if that's because she's good or or if just Athena makes every match look good, even when it's a two-minute and 40-second-long match. So let's hope that we see more Athena. Let's hope we get to that Athena versus Jade storyline that we all want That's feels like, oh, we can taste it. Oh, I and maybe that's Battle of the Belts. It It, might, it seems like it would be a waste of time to not have that at Battle of the Belts there's no there's no clear uh thunder rosa storyline and you're gonna have a women's match on that show so let's get let's get athena versus jade and uh have some fun with that let's and let's get it soon maybe maybe that's why we didn't see them last week maybe it's because they were saving it for this week it's not an excuse we should have hadn't got. We should have gotten more than what we got from the women last week, but hopefully, this is leading to what it needs, uh, that what we need. And then talk about stuff that we get from the women. They had a pretty good elevation, even if they did not have a great dynamite and rampage, in terms of not in terms of the quality of what they did, just in terms of their their how they're valued. Because we've got Hikaru Shida, Tony Storm, and Willow Nightingale defeating Emi Sakura, Marina Shafir, and Nyla Rose in eight minutes and five seconds. That is a nice little match that they had here. Just a few things at the top. I still don't know what you're doing with Hikaru Shida if she is just being used on Dark. And they've just in Dark Trios tag matches. Curious choice. I wouldn't do it, but hopefully they have something planned. I'm not confident, but I'm hoping. Tony Storm, Willow Nightingale... Both parts of different factions right now. Which made it very interesting that... they Like, like you couldn't find two faces who are working the same storyline right now to be part of this trio. I get... I, Maybe they don't want to put Thunder Rosa on on Dark, but again, it's not a demotion to be on Dark. It's a, it's something to be proud of. It means people want to see... Oh, Thunder Rosa had a match on Dynamite. What the hell am I talking about? They could... They could have done something. We didn't get any Chris Statlander, and, and she is beloved. Beloved... In, in New England, in Beyond Wrestling Country. So, I mean, you heard how over Willow was. Willow may have gotten a bigger reaction than Sheeta did, or Tony. The, like, people are really behind Willow right now, and I hope that that also gets to become something. There's it's funny how I feel like there's so much more momentum for the women than there was like even three, four months ago, just in general, they had, there's momentum to their stories and simultaneously feels like there's no way that they're going to make, they're going to pull them all off. And, and there's no way I'm, I, I hope they do it. I hope they do it. And I hope Marina Shafir and Nyla Rose get that win back against somebody. Because they're a fun tag team. Emmy being part of it, I can see them being a trio. That would also be fun. Cause it is it is goes from an odd couple to an odd thruple. But that was the end of Dark Elevation number 74. That was a lot of fun. And let's move on to. Regular old dark Okay I do not yet see The dark matches listed on Cage match quite yet So I am going off of another source So if these are not In the correct order You just have to bear with me I'm I'm just going to try to Pull them as I remember them We have Harley Cameron Versus Willow Nightingale Oh boy do people love Willow I can't say anything more than what I said before. You, in Orlando, in Worcester, you can go to dang Timbuktu, and I bet people would be like, Willow Nightingale. Hell yes. They love her. Listen, I don't know what Tony Khan is doing to grow the audience of wrestling in Mali, but I would, I would be down for... A show in Timbuktu, the 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 um the stuff to do in Timbuktu, or something along those lines, and the from the quake on the lake sort of school of naming dynamite episodes, uh, the the folly in Molly, the uh, traffica in North Africa. I think Mali counts as North Africa. Sometimes I really need to remind myself that this is not a geography podcast. And as much as people, to the extent anybody cares about this, they do not care about geography. But anyway, yes. Willow Nightingale, it's great. We also had the Trustbusters, Ari Davari. And Slim J versus Logan Cruz and Tishon Price. I like Slim J. I'm coming around to him. I still don't understand what he's doing with Ari Davari. There was a very awkward interview with Tony Schiavone at the end of this where Tony Schiavone's like, hey, I noticed you dropped the YA from your name and now you're just Ari Davari. Is. Is that from Entourage? Is that like Entourage? Which is a terrible interview question. If I am in your ear asking you to get a quote from a wrestler, any athlete, any other, I'm not going to say, hey, you know what would be a good thing to do? Find out if they like Entourage, a show that has not been on TV in a very long time i I would love to go up to wrestlers and ask them what t v shows that have not been on since like twenty twelve they like that they- that they care about or or just old h b o stuff that hasn't that hasn't happened in a while hey slim J, you seem like the type of guy who might have watched true blood do you do do what about what about what about you um uh, Logan Cruz, I bet you watched Bored to Death. <sighs> so, anyway, lousy segment. I'm not into this rich guy. I don't think they're doing the rich guy Ari Davari thing right. He mentioned NFTs, and I just, oh, wow. I'm, I'm trying to watch this product, not glaze over it like I do whenever anybody mentions NFTs. So yeah, that was lousy, but it is interesting. I did not think before that Slim J and Ari Devari made sense together. But now I understand that they're just both two guys who like to talk about stuff from the mid 2000s. Or one of them dresses like these from the mid 2000s, one of them talks about entourage. They're just an amalgamation of the worst type of people of a bygone era. They can wrestle though. No question about it. We had Casey Rocker and Caleb Teninty versus the factories Aaron Solo and Nick Camarado. Nick had not gone to a interview job interview directly before this match, so he had his usual crazy hair. I can I could go either way. I can see uh, an argument for him keeping the the job interview look that we saw. Or going back to the the more like uh, like I don't want to call it an afro, but it is big and curly. It, you, you he could go either way. Whatever works for him. I I just I thought that the change in a look in, from the most recent Dark Elevation did give him something like it, it looked like he was putting him in gear for something new. So let's see where he goes from here. Uh, Casey Rocker and Caleb Tenenti both have bad names. Caleb Tenenti is particularly bad. Casey Rocker's okay. Yeah, that's all That's all I have to say about that. We're going short tonight, folks. I can't, I, I'm recording early. I don't want to talk about these too much. I haven't had a lot of time to process them. Hope uh, uh, you know what? I'm not gonna get ahead of myself because I could say I'm, we're we're finishing early and then we finish with two minutes earlier than usual. We have Diamante versus Rocky Radley. Oh, do I like seeing Diamante back again? I like Diamante. I think she belongs on TV. I think she could do a lot, elevating the mid card of the. AEW women's division, not unlike her significant other, Kira Hogan, which, you know, that's not fair to, to just always be associating wrestlers by who they're dating. But in this case, unlike on Dynamite, it's not simply an association of with a man. So that makes it better. Uh, I'll tell you a man who Diamante is a known friend of, and that's Eddie Kingston, She is or was a member of LAX with Proud and Powerful and Eddie Kingston, and Eddie Kingston has another friend who's a lady, Ruby Soho, who is being targeted by a tag team, and Ruby does not have a partner. So maybe this is the time that we get a surprisingly face-turned Diamante to step in and help out Eddie's other friend. Maybe she doesn't even have to be totally in on the idea. Maybe she's just like, "Listen, I'm doing a favor here for for Eddie. I don't like you, but we're gonna take care of these of these. I, I, please don't say bitches, because that's what they always say. We're, we're gonna take care of these these uh, Jai no no Nicks. See that. That's much better than bitch. Why would you say bitch or... Why would you end a promo with bitch when you can end it with no good nick? Hire me, Tony. I can write for this stuff. We had Captain Sean Dean versus Jonathan Hudson. Jonathan Hudson claimed that he was the captain. He did Sean Dean's salute... That is Stolen Valor, and that is awesome. I think that he should keep doing that and be a huge face as the wrestler whose thing is Stolen Valor, but not in like not in the, like, Sergeant Slaughter way where you just pretend to be a soldier for a very long time. He should just do it in a way that makes former soldier wrestlers very upset because he claims that he is a ca- the captain, and 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 maybe like afterwards he like he'll like go over to the concession stand and try to get discounted concessions with a military discount because he's Captain Jonathan Hudson, which is I mean he both in terms of look and name he does have kind of a a, a troop name, so Captain Sauronian. That that saluting splash still sucks. It's one of the worst finishers in AEW. So it's bad. I don't I don't like that one. But in general, I'm okay on Sean Dean for what what they're doing with him and what he's done. He really lost his his big uh, his big meal ticket in MGF just being a Thorn in MJF's side. So hopefully, hopefully, they come up with a plan B involving that for Sean Dean. What else? What other ones haven't we covered? Uh, well, we have Serpentico versus the Trustbusters, Parker Bordreau. So, first of all, Serpentico is a two-time member of that exclusive... At least a two-time member of this exclusive club of two losses on back-to-back nights of Dark and Dark Elevation. Congrats, Serpentico. You did it. Parker Boudreaux looks cool. Everybody talks about how he looks like Bar- Brock- Bork Lesnar. I don't usually call him Bork. I, that's just how it came out. He does look kind of like Brock Lesnar. I'll believe, when I see it, that he is as good as Brock Lesnar. Of course, there's reason to be skeptical with the WWE release. You know, if if he was... You would think that if he was, like, 45% of Brock Lesnar, Vince would be eating that shit up. But... Also... I don't know who's who was in charge, you know, maybe Johnny Ace felt some kind of way. WWE, I, I'm just, like, happy that we don't have to have people living in, like, a fantasy world where it was anything other than a disaster for the last two-plus years. So, I'm glad that they're moving on. I don't know if Parker Boudreaux... Maybe would have gotten a chance to stay if not for all of the wackiness that was a senile old man running the promotion. But I'm willing to watch him be large and throw people around like a large man. He has a very interesting uh, finisher where he sort of cradles them and then turns them around and power slams them. It's I I could see that being a thing that I see him do to three people in one match and then flex a lot and I'm like, oh yeah, I like you, Parker Bordeaux, You very French named fella. What did they call him in WWE? Like Harland or something like that? Harland Williams? Beloved comedian Harland Williams? Got his name stolen? I mean, he Parker Boudreaux would kill Harlan Williams if he ever ran into him. And and, uh, probably Harlan Ellison, too. And uh, uh, Colonel Harlan Sanders, speaking of stolen valor people. Well, that's a sign that we're almost at the end, I think, that this is where I'm getting with my jokes. We have... What else? The acclaimed versus the wingman's pretty Peter Avalon and Ryan Nemeth. Taz, Excalibur, I need to know what the Ryan Nemeth stealing stuff is. It is so, so inside baseball for you to be still talking about this for like a month now of something that's never been referenced, that's never been explained what is it? Why do you keep saying it? I don't I it was funny at first. I'm and I love I love, love, love Tassin Excalibur's way of telling jokes, of building on jokes, of acting like like a much funnier cooler improv team than any that I've ever seen. I love it. It's a lot of fun. but this this has just gone on too long. Apart from that, I don't have much to say. Uh, the, the acclaimed right-working face is is fun. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Maybe they go back to heel in six months or, or sooner or later. But it's, uh, it's going to be fun to have people cheering for the acclaimed for a little while. And then the last match was Pac versus, this is the last Ratch right we talked about KC Rocker we talked about Acclaimed Trustbusters Sean Dean Diamante Serpentico Harley Cameron I'm just naming the names as I see them that leaves Pac and Connor Mills I'm gonna be honest with you folks I haven't watched it I'll watch it later it's late I am not able to record this on Dynamite Day when I usually like to I couldn't sit through that right now. I'll watch it tomorrow. I know what's going to happen. I have no question in the my mind whether or not Connor Mills is going to be the All-Atlantic champion. I'm not going to wake up tomorrow and, and, oh, Connor Mills won. I, I, that didn't happen. Connor Mills did not win. Pac won. It was probably a good match. Pac only has good matches for the most part. So, and it doesn't really fit in with with what the rest of this program is. I don't mind it being on Dark. It's good. I, I think most people who are not freaks like me would like to see more meaningful matches on Dark like this one. And it's great. But for the purposes of this podcast, Pac's still a champion. Pac is still growing and doing this really cool thing where he is fighting. He's an internationally fighting AEW champion while he's not in America. Where, how does Connor Mills bounce back from this loss? I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. Was, why would, why was Pock facing a different British guy? The last couple times they made sure to get an Irish or a Japanese guy. So come on. Give me uh like a like a um Maltese wrestler or something like that. Give me give me the Maltese Falcon. The star of that movie and famous luchador, the Maltese Falcon as as played on screen by Humphrey Bogart. He's probably very old now. But That would be a different European country for him to fight somebody. Let's make it all Atlantic, not more British. Well, we've once again got to the point where all I've said was mean things about the British. Even though I love Pac. But that means it's time to wrap up here. I hope you had fun. I think we're going to have a fun dynamite tomorrow. And then we have Rampage and Battle of the Belts. On Friday, uh, that tape, that show end taping is on Friday. Meaning, sometimes that means we have a extra special dark the following week, an extra special dark elevation. Sometimes it means nothing. Sometimes it just means people that people want to see on the show show up for a squash match. Who can say for certain where the road goes how the card shows only time. Hey, Enya, that's an Irish person. Why doesn't Pac fight Enya? He, Pac cannot handle the Orinoco flow. All right, I'm out of here. Thank you.